This is Hidden Killers, a true crime podcast about serial killers within the United Kingdom and beyond. Please subscribe, follow, like, enjoy, if that's the right word. This episode of Hidden Killers is dedicated to the four men that Peter Moore murdered and all the other men that Moore physically and sexually assaulted from September to December 1995 and in the 20 years before that. Peter Moore looked like any other successful businessman living an ordinary life in North Wales, but he was also a serial killer who operated across North Wales and Liverpool in the late 1990s. He was described by local people as a quiet and well-respected member of the community, if a little eccentric. He ran cinemas in Bagalt, Hollyhead, Kinmore Bay and Denby, and was something of a film buff. However, this ordinary life with its veneer of respectability masked a vicious and sadistic killer who stabbed his victims to death and then mutilated them. Moore was born in 1946 in St Helens in Lancashire. He moved to Kinmore Bay in North Wales when he was six years old, where he lived with his mother and father in Darlington House on St Asph Avenue, one of the most prestigious properties in Kinmore Bay at the time. It was financed by Moore's father running a successful hardware and ironmongers business. Moore had an incredibly close relationship with his mother, Edith, but a more troubled relationship with his father, who was concerned with his son's sexuality at a time when it was illegal to be openly gay in Britain. Moore was described by Edith as a, quote, miracle son, unquote, after doctors told her she was incapable of conceiving. Edith doted on him, lavishing affection on him, and giving him everything he wanted. Moore stayed living with his parents until well into his forties. In the late 1980s, his father died, and Moore inherited his father's business, expanding it to supply bottled gas to the many caravan sites in the area. His reputation as a respectable and successful member of the community was growing all the time. He became fascinated by films, this fascination becoming his profession as he became manager of two cinemas, one at Hollyhead on Anglesey and the other at Bagalt. He later acquired two more at Kimble Bay and Denby. All this activity added to his reputation, local newspapers and regional television interviewing him. However, Moore was a man leading a double life. In public, upstanding and respectable, whilst in private, he was descending into the world of sadomasochism. Moore was a sadist, inflicting pain on men and enjoying the power and control this activity brought with it. In May 1994, Moore's mother died, and his behaviour deteriorated still further with her restraining influence gone. He held sadomasochism parties at Darlington House, and increased his frequency and violence of his sexual attacks. Was his mother Edith aware of the double life Peter Moore was leading? Did she know he was physically and sexually assaulting men? 
Did Edith contribute unknowingly to Peter Moore becoming a serial killer? Or was he born to be one? Only held in check by his mother being alive? All that is known for sure is that Moore didn't commit murder until after his mother had died. His first victim was Henry Roberts, a 56-year-old retired railway worker who lived in isolation and squalor in a small cottage in Cargailiog, Hollyhead. Each night Mr Roberts would walk to his local pub, drink heavily and then walk home along the road that Moore used to drive home from. Moore regularly saw Mr Roberts and one night followed him back to his cottage. He pretended that his van had broken down and Mr Roberts came out to help. They soon discovered that they shared an interest in Nazi memorabilia. Once Moore knew that, he, quote, fixed, unquote, his van and arranged to return with some items from his collection. Two days later, he returned dressed in Nuts' uniform. When Mr Roberts opened the door, Moore stabbed him in the stomach. What prompted the killing is not clear, although in his police confession, Moore said that he had purchased a hunting knife the week before and that Mr Roberts protested that he, quote, wasn't Jewish, unquote. He was stabbed 27 times. His body was dumped in the yard outside his home with his pet Labrador trapped inside the cottage. This was September 1995. The second victim was Edward Carthy, a 28-year-old from Tranmere, who Moore met in a gay bar on Stanley Street, Liverpool, in October 1995. Mr Carthy was drunk and high and looking for a man to provide him with money for more drugs. He approached Moore, who said he would give him money if he accompanied him back to his home in Kimmel Bay. Mr Carthy fell asleep in Moore's van and Moore headed into rural North Wales. He drove to a remote, isolated part of the Clochynog Forest near Rhythin. When he stopped the van and turned off the engine, Mr Carthy woke up and realised he was in terrible danger. He got out of Moore's van and asked if Moore was like serial killer Dennis Nielsen. Moore replied yes before starting to stab Mr Carthy. He stabbed him repeatedly in the buttocks, thighs and stomach, eventually leading to his death. Moore buried Mr Carthy in the forest, where he remained undetected for several months, until Moore confessed to the killing and to where Mr Carthy was buried. The third victim was Keith Randalls, a 49-year-old traffic manager from Chester, who was living in a caravan on a construction site near Llangevny on Anglesey. On the night of the 29th of November 1995, he went to get a fish and chip supper and made his way home. That was the last time he was seen alive. He was found by workmen stabbed to death outside his caravan at 7.30am the next morning. In Moore's police confession, he stated Mr Randalls asked him why he was killing him. Moore replied, for fun. Moore was waiting for Mr Randalls by his caravan and stabbed him as he opened the door. Moore stabbed Mr Randalls 49 times. He coldly left him where he fell and calmly got back in his van and drove home. Once home he realised that his bow tie was missing and assumed it had been ripped off him when he was stabbing Mr Randalls. 
Moore calmly drove back to the site of the murder, found his tie, and drove home again. This murder appears to be totally random, and Mr. Randall's only misfortune was to be living on Moore's route home. His final victim, and the one that led to his capture, was Anthony Davies, a 40-year-old married man and father of two children who were stabbed to death on Pensan Beach, Abagella, in December 1995. On the night of his death, Mr. Davies had driven to Pensan Beach, a meeting place used as a cruising spot for gay men. Moore stated in his confession that Mr. Davies had exposed himself to him, which meant to Moore that he had to die. Moore then attacked Mr. Davies, and it was during this fatal stabbing that Moore managed to cut himself, and it was his blood spilt on the pebbles that eventually led to his arrest. These four men were stabbed to death and mutilated, in Moore's words, for fun, it was easy, like a knife through butter. Moore's crimes stretched for far longer than four months, however. Moore is also believed to have launched more than 39 savage physical and sexual assaults on men across Wales and Liverpool over a 20-year period. He would attack both straight and gay men from behind with a club or a wooden police truncheon whilst dressed in authentic North Wales police sergeant's uniform, a black Nazi uniform or black leather clothing, and beat them nearly to death. He would knock them to the ground then masturbate and urinate over them, adding humiliation to the agony of the assault. Many of his victims did not report the attacks for fear of reprisal or discovery that they were secretly gay. The degree of injury inflicted was so severe in some cases that hospital treatment was needed, and one victim was so badly beaten he ended up disabled and in a wheelchair. In his police confession, Moore said he would assault his chosen victim with a police truncheon and strike them on the body and head many times. He would wear the uniforms when aiming to attack someone, just to scare them a little more. The uniforms and the dressing up were not a political statement, though. They were all part of the fetishistic, sexually motivated attacks. Moore began to revel in the infamy of the murders, that he was the person responsible. However, residents noticed changes in his behaviour. Regina Caldwell worked in a video store next to one of his cinemas, and as a cleaner in the cinema with her mother. Regina reported to the police that she had seen Moore thoroughly cleaning the inside of his van on several occasions. She also said that Moore was seen carrying a box full of wallets and watches that he had said he had found left behind in the cinema. These wallets and watches were in fact trophies that Moore had taken from his murder victims and those men he had viciously assaulted. Richard Blackwell was an employee of Moore who became concerned after Moore told him that he had been picking up gay men at the public toilets at Pensan Beach and given several of them a good beating. Mr Blackwell did not inform the police, assuming that Moore was fantasising. During the investigation into Anthony Davis's murder, the police received an anonymous telephone call saying that a man in black had been seen on Pensan Beach the same night as the murder. This led to an appeal to the gay community for any more information. A man called to say he had been picked up on Pensan Beach by a man dressed in black leather and driven to a large house in Kimmel Bay. Once inside the house, the man had attacked him 
He only just escaped with his life. The police followed the directions to the large house given by the caller and realised it was Darlington House owned by Peter Moore. They then began to follow Moore and arrested him when they saw him stop to pick up a man in his van. Moore was dressed totally in black. After Moore's arrest, Darlington House was searched and property belonging to his victims were found, some at the bottom of the garden pond. A knife was also found which carried traces of the blood of his victims. Peter Moore's trial started on the 26th of November 1996, where he faced four counts of murder and several charges relating to his physical and sexual assaults. He pleaded not guilty to all charges. Moore was obsessed with the murderous Jason character in the Friday the 13th film series and claimed in court that the real murderer was his lover Jason and he confessed to protect him. Jason was in fact an alter ego, an imaginary hotel or restaurant worker. During the police investigation, every hotel and restaurant on the North Wales coast was investigated, but no Jason was ever found. Jason was Peter Moore, who savagely murdered his victims in strikingly similar ways to the Jason character in the Friday the 13th films. Moore was described in court by prosecuting barrister Alex Carlyle, QC, as the man in black, black thoughts and the blackest of deeds. Moore was also described in court as a picarist. He had a dark sexual interest in using sharp objects to penetrate the skin of another person. Moore's victims echoed those of Jack the Ripper from more than a century earlier. The Ripper would target the breasts and groin of his victims and stab them, whilst Moore would gain sexual gratification from repeatedly stabbing and cutting around the anus and backside of his victims after killing them. On the 30th of November 1996, the jury found Peter Moore guilty on all counts and the judge recommended that Moore should serve a whole life tariff and never be released. He made a point of saying never. Moore is serving his sentence in Wakefield Prison. This has been Hidden Killers. Please join us again for another case. Take care. Goodbye.